Golden Spiral Media presents The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. The Devil You Know, waiting for the man. You the man. You the man. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Devil You Know, a Constantine podcast. I'm Tony Caselli. And I'm the Prince of Darkness, Joseph Zettelmeyer. And we are your hosts here to to do we're your hosts here to discuss the NBC show Constantine. So, Joe, we had the season finale. Hopefully just the season finale. Hopefully just the season finale. Just aired this Friday, the season finale, episode 13 of Constantine, Waiting Waiting for for the the Man. Man. I have one thing to say about this episode, Tony. What's that, Joe? I told you so. I can't hear you whispering. What? I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Oh, God. The sweet vindication of I told you so. So, everybody, I'm going to put up with that for the next 45 (laughs) minutes or so as we talk about the podcast, as we talk about the show. Um, Yeah, you did. You called Manny at the end. You you said, now, when we get there in the episode, we'll talk about it. I know, because I changed my mind at halfway through, but... My gut instinct was right from the get-go, and I should have trusted it. Yeah, you did have your moment of I doubt. Did. You did. I, wrote, I wrote a blog about it. Well, and let's just say that I and some other people, it's judging true. by reaction, still have my doubts. I'm not 100% positive myself. Oh, don't waver. Don't don't waver. You're right. That weakens it, John. That's right. What am I, a politician? <laughs> oh, thank you. So um, let's talk this episode, Joe. This episode was written... By Cameron Welsh, who also wrote A Feast of Friends. One of my favorite episodes. Uh, and uh, so clearly Cameron is familiar with the comic Boy, books. Boy, because this episode and that one were both lifted very close, well, very much from the comic books. Yeah, real, really, really closely uh, adhered to the source material, yeah. which was nice. And this episode was directed by David Boyle. Now, in other news... The ratings for this episode were up six percent. Six percent. That's not a that's not a small jump. That's significant. It is. It's nice. It it took them back up to, uh, if I remember the numbers right, about three point one million. I think so. The thing is, that's still not great. No, it is still. I mean, it's still uh, on the uh, NBC lineup. I think that puts it at third from the bottom. Yeah, it's it's you know again, as many people have pointed out, if this was on the CW and they were getting oh. those numbers, they'd be all excited. Right, they would own the CW. But it's NBC, so those numbers aren't great. And of course, we still don't know if there's going to be a season two. Right. Uh, in other news, though, uh, there was. A tweet from one of the producers on Twitter. Indeed. Reminding everyone, hey, just a reminder, we won't know about renewals until May. Binge watch, binge watch, binge watch. Right. And basically that's what they said. Uh, Watch it on Hulu and, you know, whatever, download and whatever and get the numbers up and that might help NBC make a decision. That'd be great. Uh, The other thing that's interesting we talked about last week in the news, Joe, is the fact that there has been a, a whole little thing going on in the rumor mill about the show potentially moving to Sci-Fi Channel. Well, what I had forgotten is that Sci-Fi is actually a sister channel to NBC. Right. And Sci-Fi had actually done a marathon of the first four episodes of Constantine, yes, I want to say. Yes, they did. Yeah, I don't remember if it was four or five or what, but I know that the initial um, episodes, and it actually did. Early on, they it, did. It did very well on the Sci-Fi Channel, uh, that little marathon, which makes me think this could actually be a really good idea. Sure. And it's interesting because the reason I brought it up in the news segment here was there was uh, an interview, a little news article that came from one of the sci-fi executives, um, but his answer in the article was, I haven't heard any conversations about Constantine. So right then you go, okay, is that just a lot of wishful thinking from Constantine producers and fans and actors, or is it... Something that's happening, but he can't talk about or isn't privy to or isn't, you know, uh, able to discuss publicly yet. As we live in the age of social media, there is often a case where 
people try to create a story in hopes that it becomes the truth rather than the other way around. Yeah, so who knows what that is. But, you know, still... Until May or so, uh, when we find out one way or another, it's going to be fun to speculate and hope. Indeed. You know, uh, so that's all of the news for now, other than um, (laughs) other than podcasty wise. This will be our last Constantine podcast unless we get a renewal. Indeed. In which case, when that happens, we'll probably come out with a, a, an addendum podcast to the season and say, hey, there's going to be more, and we'll wrap up season one and talk about our hopes for season two and that right. kind of thing. Little Joe and Tony dance party. Right. Which So we'll make a video. Mm-hmm. That'll be awesome. We know you guys don't want to know what we look like. <laughs> Especially dancing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's the news, Joe. Uh, should we get into episode discussions? Let's discussions? do it discussions? to discussions? it. Uh, Tony, I am going to give this week's episode 7.5 out of 10 seasons that Constantine should have. <laughs> I like that. Well, That's good. You. That's out of 10 seasons that Constantine should have. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Great. So do you want to talk about why you're going to do that? You know, I'm torn. I wanted to like this episode so much more than I did mm-hmm. because it was the series finale. And if worse comes to worse, the season or the, it was the season finale. And if worse comes to worse, the series finale. Right. And I actually thought it fell a little flat. Okay. There were aspects of it I loved. Sure. Uh, Obviously, the big reveal. I jumped up and down and squealed. Yes. But I feel like this episode was actually fairly muddy. Um, I thought it was a little... I think there were some neat creepy moments. Look, I'm a huge fan of New Orleans, creepy amusement parky type things. Look, that's great. The atmosphere is all there. Sure. I think the story itself is muddy, Tony. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, all the more so because it was taken from the comic book. I understand that what we're trying to do is create the idea of John having to face a villain that's not actually supernatural. That's just a man doing messed up stuff. Right. I felt like that was not totally clear. And I understand. I don't remember this issue of the comic book as well as I could. Sure. I remember. uh, I I thought this was the first set up issue, but I don't remember if that's the truth anymore. Uh, You know what? I have to be honest. I I don't remember I don't that remember. either because the, in the comics, this issue um, involved his niece, right? It did. It involved the girl who goes missing. Right. It was uh, is Gemma, Gemma his niece, his who niece. we haven't met in the series yet. Boy, I'd love to see that in season two. Oh, absolutely. Because we, we saw, you know, um, in the episode where Zed was hospitalized from her seizures. Right. Um, we, and and uh, told John she had spoken with his mom and stuff and, and – um, we saw him. There was dis, there, there was like family discussion in some of that, and other moments in the series where we know he's got a, do, right. a, a there, sister. We know he's got family, a niece, yeah. and his sister or his niece, especially, winds up playing a big part, huge in Hellblazer. And it would be really cool if we started getting into that. But as long as they don't go the Dawn route in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I hated Dawn. I'm sorry, <laughs> I just did not like her. Uh, the kid sidekick thing can be a little tricky. I feel like Gemma's so well written in the comic books that they could avoid it if they if they really honor the source material. Oh sure, and who knows if we'll ever even see it's her. true. It's but, very true. Um, no, I, I I agreed. I felt that the episode there were a lot of things I liked in the episode, uh, but this episode in general for me, I agree. I it didn't feel. Uh, what am I saying? It felt like. We sort of missed the chance to show John having to deal with person rather than evil. That was my issue demon. with it. The, the, the ghost girls, the weird demonic brand thing. I, wanted, I think it would have been much more interesting to see John prepare all of this magic and do all of this research and then have to face down, at the end of the day, what is simply, simply is probably the wrong word, a truly disturbed human being. Right. And I feel like that just didn't land the way it could because there were so many supernatural elements lurking around this guy. Right. That it made it hard for me to feel like he was just a horrible, horrible human being. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I, I get that point. I, I Unless I'm completely misremembering, the ghost girls were there. But I don't think, I think they are. any of the other stuff. And that was part of the challenge for me was this episode felt muddy because there was a lot going on. Yeah, which isn't necessarily bad, but we got Papa Midnight back, mm-hmm. and I'm a fan of Papa Midnight, but it felt 
it didn't feel to me like any of the stories were given enough time because they were trying to throw so many things in at once right that none of them got the time they needed right i thought the man was creepy i thought the man was scary i sure found myself not really investing and I, I liked the story, you know, the, the, uh, the setting and I thought oh. the, the, you know, the whole blood moon thing and all of that. And the girl was... who plays Vesta, who's in everything. I have seen her in so many things in the last few years. Oh it's yeah. Like, wow. That kid's, that kid's getting some work. Good. Good for her. That's funny. Um, yeah, it just, it felt a little hit and miss. I, and Honestly, I think one of the things is we didn't focus on John much this episode. For the final episode of the season of John, of Constantine, Constantine wasn't actually a big player in this app. I agree. And and it's interesting because one of the things that I wasn't a fan of in this episode was that we didn't have Chaz at all. Where was Chaz? Now, final episode. Yeah, that was the thing for me. And and I get, you know, we've said before, we the, the Scooby gang, when they're all there, it, I didn't mind that they didn't even try to explain it no. away. There was no, you know, he just wasn't there this episode, which, okay, if you're going to replace, you know, him with Corrigan in this episode. Right. But- I miss Chaz as it being the season finale. Yep. And also, if you put Corrigan in his place, here's the the thing that I, I was disappointed with in that, Joe, was it felt to me like Corrigan could have been any cop anywhere. There was only really two moments where I was like, that's why we needed it to be Corrigan. But they were they were brief. They were few. I agree. I think Corrigan was largely ballast. On the team. He yeah. was just there. And in all honesty, it was... And I like the guy playing Corrigan. I, I do too. Quite a bit. But it felt like it was there because let's try to introduce a romantic aspect yes. or, or pile on to this romantic thing that happened between them the first time he was there, between right. Zed and he the first time he was there. And that felt sort of flat. I agree. To me, I, I wasn't moved by that. I they, wasn't. They maybe do not have the kind of chemistry they need. Well, and. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah. And even at one point, I think Corrigan says something like, what the hell was that? And John says zombie and then describes a zombie to him. He's a cop <laughs> in New Orleans. Right. Where this isn't is not that new information? Right. He should. That's I mean, not like, you know, the, the police in New Orleans probably don't take voodoo, dark magic lessons or classes or anything. But I have to believe they at least watch movies. Now, to be fair, Tony and I, just an addendum, Tony and I have never been police officers in New Orleans, so we don't <laughs> know this for a I'm fact. not. I, I don't. And, and I sound like I'm crabbing on the whole episode, and I don't mean to. But some of those moments, I just went, I, I don't, what? No, I Why? agree. And also, you know, the... Mm, I did like, you know, Corgan makes his move. He basically, you know, yep. he basically, he and Zed at the end, he's like, well. Let's have a big beardy kiss. If I'm going to die, then I'm not going to waste a single moment. Kisses her and, and we don't get to was... see her reaction. We see her and John share a look that I just went, oh, come on. Are right. you guys going to have a relationship or not? What? Because right. what, they do in the comic book. Yeah. But I haven't, I mean, there have been little tiny sort of flirtatious moments between John, John and Zed right. in the show, but they have barely pinged on the radar. Like it is something they have devoted next to no time to developing but to his credit and then i did like this part of it i liked that john they just had a look and then john went outside yep. because he's made it clear he's not into that no. he, he's What's not he gonna do? No. his life is such that he can't have those people close to him that way well the the moment that you mentioned was one of the two corrigan moments that i liked in this okay. episode the other one just because i felt like it was true to john and it moves Corrigan along the path that he is. It's not dissimilar from who he becomes in the comic. Okay. The moment after they have caught the man where Constantine says to him, so what happens if he just escaped, ran away? What would happen? Right. And Corrigan takes the cuffs off, lets him, just looks at him and says, run. And we hear the gunshot in the distance. Yeah. This pleased me. Corrigan in the comics was not the most up and up cop in the world okay and i felt like this was perhaps a nod to that a nod to the man interesting who, okay. yeah he's not the best man in the world and i don't know that much i mean you're uh, a I love specter fan and you know way more now i had sort of gotten that from you know watching him in the first time we saw him you know stumble out of the bar <laughs> pee in the alley wave his badge at somebody to make them go away yes but yeah th- that episode, I, I was of two minds about it. It was interesting. 
well, not even have two minds about it. I guess I liked it, but it made me, it's the first time we've seen John do that. Right. I in mean, the sense of, like, it wasn't, uh, if guy, John is doing something for the greater good, right. he will sacrifice, you know. Right. This is not the end of, like, a mystical demonic threat. Right. This is a horrible, horrible human being who's been caught, yeah. who is about to spend the rest of his life in jail. Yeah. And we watched Constantine basically look at Corrigan and go, eh, the justice system's not going to do it. Uh, let's just get rid of this guy. Yeah. And they do, which is very dark. And I didn't I didn't mind that part of it at all. It it, it made me it's st- literally in the episodes made me stop and, and just go, oh, so that's how it's, you know, we're going there in the TV show and John's going to be that, um, which I don't know that I hated, but it was very dark and interesting. I think we sometimes the, the show, Matt, Matt, Ryan, he's just so dang charming. Yes. He is so dang charming as Constantine. Sure. And it, he's so much fun to watch. He's funny. We love Constantine. We f- sometimes they it's easy to forget that side of him. And we've seen aspects of it, but it's like, oh, yeah, no, he he is a man looking for the big the the, the overall solution if he can. Right. And that was the overall solution was to put a bullet in this guy right. and just be done with it. Right. And it felt to me, I mean, it was, it was, I was with you. It was, it jarred me, but I felt like it was honest to the character. Sure. Okay. It was just a moment that we, we forget about that side of him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, you know what else I really liked about this episode, Tony? What? How much they dealt with Zed's brain tumor. Wait. Yeah. (laughs) She just found out about this. And it really didn't get addressed at all. You're right. At all. Yeah. Sorry. That was way louder than I meant it to be. No, no. Um, it's. I was a little bit just kind of like, guys, I mean, maybe this was shot out of order. I'm not positive. I don't think it was, though. And I just, right, it wasn't because Zed and Manny are now acknowledging the fact that they can see each other. Yeah. I just felt like that was that was a very important thing that happened and we i would have enjoyed seeing it continue over into this episode absolutely no i think so i mean and there were a few things that i loved about this episode as well a number of things we should focus on you know um i I mean i i loved for instance i loved the odd weird scene between manny and zed in the kitchen oh i loved it yeah that was a great that was Ooh. Right? You ask nicer than he does. Yeah. There there were a couple really nice pieces of that scene and I, and I loved that we're continuing with Zed being able to see Manny. Yeah. But it also looking back at it from <laughs> the big reveal the big moment. reveal yeah. moment, you you know where we we hear Manny he lets Papa Midnight go and Pop and says, you need to get rid of the, right, the know, contract, the, the contract on Constantine's out. Um, and Papa Midnight says something like, oh, so you, you, you're working for the Brujeria too. And he says, no, 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 no. the Brujeria, they work, work for, for me. me and flies away into the darkness with uh, some very cool special oh, effects, by the awesome. way. Literally the, the, my favorite part of this episode was the last two minutes of this episode. Yes. But. And we'll get into the Manny thing in a minute. Of course. Uh, but that... It, it changes the, the that conversation with him and Zed. Well, it really does. Because then you just start, start looking back at it going, well, wait, what are you doing with Zed? Are we, we're buttering her up a little bit. Uh-huh, because he was real nice to her. Yes. Nicer than he's ever been to John. Yes. And maybe it is just that he she asks nicely. Right. Um, maybe it is that she's got different abilities and he can feel a different need and a different calling from her. Well, and it really, the thing that I, and this is why I, one of the reasons I hope we get a second season, I'd love to see how this plays out. He talks to her about as angels, we have all these rules that we have to follow Mm -hmm. as humans. You have choice. Yes. And I feel like that could mean a lot more than just, are you going to tell Corrigan or not? Right. Sure, absolutely. Well, and you know we're here. Let's talk about the Manny thing. Let's, we're gonna we're going um, all out of order today, everybody. Sorry, right? It's the season finale, potentially series finale. We're just gonna chat about what we liked and what we didn't like. What are you gonna do about it? Nothing. <laughs> Joe just threatened you guys. I heard him. <laughs> I heard him. The the big <laughs> reveal from day one. I have not trusted Manny. I have said 
I think there is something else going on here. And then a couple of weeks ago, you changed your mind. And then a couple of weeks ago, I changed my mind. <laughs> Let me hang on to my belief for a moment. Yes. I, in particular, I thought that he had something to do with the rising darkness. I thought he was an agent of the rising darkness. I, right. I thought he was connected to it in a way, in, in not a good guy sort of way. Right. The last few episodes, they have been piling it on of like, what a nice guy Manny is. Don't we love Manny? Let's all get Manny t-shirts. Manny is great. <laughs> and I fell for it a little bit. I was. Did you buy a t-shirt? You know, I mean, I, I certainly didn't buy five t-shirts if that's what you're thinking. <laughs> Six. But um, I begrudgingly started to change my mind. Mm-hmm. Tony knows this. I was not a fan of changing my mind on this because I didn't want to think that Manny was all butterflies and kittens the way that he seemed to be. Right. I thought that would be, frankly, a weak writing choice. I thought he's a much more complex character if he's manipulating things from the other side. Sure. And finally, I and I wrote a blog post. I was wrong. Manny's a good guy. I was wrong. Fine. Mea culpa. Mea culpa. Yeah. I was right. Well, and this brings us to the question. That, and it's the a big question. The question slash discussion because w- is I he right? a bad guy? Right. I don't know. Or was that whole thing to save John? Did he release Papa Midnight and tell him the contract was off. And the only thing that gives him the authority to do that is if he's in charge of everything. Yep. So did, it was that a ruse? Was that a lie? Is Manny going to start playing both sides in, for, and still be on the good guy's side? I, for me, it's, it's a harder sell. We, we've already, they've spent so much time establishing how nasty the Brujaria are. Right. And the horrible, horrible things that they are doing. Right. I find it hard to justify if Manny is in fact in charge of them that he's playing both sides. Not impossible, but it, it, it'll it be a harder sell. One of the other things I thought right off the bat, you know, when Papa Midnight's in the... In, well, wait, but I... Well, please. What I'm saying is if he's not in charge of them, oh. is he lying to Papa Midnight that he's actually working with the Absolutely Bruharia. possible. He, could he have just been saying that to get John out of trouble and, you know, pretend that this contract is no longer a thing? Right. Absolutely possible. I'll be honest. I will be very disappointed if that's the case. I okay. feel like that's a weak choice. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, you know, in the last episode, we saw what I took to be very real Manny dealing with being a human. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we saw in the episode with with the fallen angels, the fallen angel, um, we saw him have some really great moments oh. with her talking with John, all the discussions about what it is to be human. And the fact that he he's, you know, at that point, not a big fan of humanity. Right. And so you, you could easily go with the idea that he's not a good guy. Right. And has been playing one and playing John. Um, I haven't gone back through, and it would be interesting to go back through and watch, rewatch the season now. Oh yeah, and see where you you find Manny appearing and playing John, and try to figure out to what end was he doing I mean, all right. that. It's been very clear that that Manny is maneuvering John into position for things. Yes, but I still don't. I haven't. I don't see the whole board yet. I don't know what the the full picture is. Correct. One of the other thoughts that I had is we have the moment where uh, Papa Midnight is in the car mm-hmm. and time freezes. So, of course, we know Angel is coming. Right. And we hear the whoop, 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 whoop of Angel Wings in the background. Yeah. And I, of course, hear the Angel Wings and immediately I'm like, oh, it's Manny. I am the split second later thought to myself, oh, but wouldn't it be interesting if it's not Manny? Sure. Wouldn't it be interesting if it's another Angel altogether? I admit from the com- as a fan of the comic book character, I was really hoping it was the first of the Fallen. Yeah, sure. And I think a lot of people would love and. Maybe it is. I will point out that we had glamour spells in this episode. Exactly. You know. Exactly what I thought. Is this perhaps misdirection? Is this perhaps not Manny? And some people are arguing, well, what would be the point? You know, Papa Constantine, or Papa Constantine, Jesus. uh, Papa Midnight has not met Manny at this point. What's the merit in him disguising himself as Manny? Right. My thought is maybe he's trying to turn Constantine against if if this is in fact the first of the fallen in disguise is he trying to turn Constantine against Manny is he trying to get Papa John or Papa Midnight yeah sorry <laughs> Papa John's an actual voodoo character and I keep forgetting 
Um, also makes pizzas. It, delicious pizza. Now I want pizza. Oh my god! Nice work. I always want pizza. <laughs> um, there is a part of me that's wondering: Is Papa? Is he trying to get Papa Midnight to confront John and say, "Hey, your angelic buddy is telling me all this stuff and is saying that he's in charge of the brujeria"? Right. So he's impersonating Manny to try to sow dissent exactly. between everybody. Which, sure. If you are familiar with the comic books, would be very much in line with the way that the first of the fallen behaves. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's one of the things. And Tony and I talked about this a little bit. Well, and that brings up not to interrupt. No, you, please. But it brings up if that's the case. Was it the first of the fallen in the kitchen with Zed? I don't know. You know. And that's, I mean, it's it's one of the things that I particularly felt like the first season was missing. And I hope really comes to the forefront in the second season. Mm-hmm. We need a big bad. Yes. I really think we do. And I understand, like, this was the beginning. This was the establishing John's X-Files case by case, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's all great and fine and good. When we have a big bad, when we have a... a, a solo character that we can focus on we begin to connect with that character we begin to invest in that character it's hard to invest in the brujaria we've not even seen them we've we've never really dealt with them we just know of them as a name yes we need something to hook into and say there's our villain so there's certainly big potential then for manny to be the big bad in season two right uh as well as if it's not Manny, if it's somebody being Manny, you know, um, yeah, in the end of this episode, if that was the first of the fallen or somebody, th- there's value in that person being the big bad in season two. Absolutely. Um, and one of the things that just occurred to me that might be fun is what if John's whole thing, I'm inventing a story. No, right please. Now. John's whole thing last week where he messes with Manny and locks him here on the planet and then lets him go and all these things happen. Um, So if the first of the fallen, who we assume is higher on the chain and more powerful than Manny, I would absolutely assume so. If he's trying to take over and do things, has he done away with Manny? Has he locked Manny up somewhere? Is Manny being hidden? Ooh. And then he's being Manny now for his own purposes. That would be kind and of sweet. And that would be really interesting because that gives us a season two reveal of Manny being released from a cage. You know, we think he's the bad guy the whole time and then they flip it around and in season two, he is the good guy. It's not him. Right. At the finale. So I've already written the finale of season two. Right. If anybody uh, needs me, I'll be over here. Mr. Goyer, Mr. Cerrone, uh, we're <laughs> easy to reach. You can reach through the speak pipe. So there's so many, there are options there that are fun. And I like that we can keep talking about them, even though, you know, it, it seems like Manny's going to be the bad guy. And if that's the case, I'm not opposed to that. No, I think that's neat. Obviously, I, I've been rooting for it from the beginning. Yeah, and I claimed all the way that he was a good guy. And the, uh, judging by straight up face value at the end oh. of this episode, I've been proven wrong, you know, which is fine, which is great because it made what for it a cool ending. Right. Absolutely. But also knowing that things could flip again. And here's a question. He can't be... Uh, well, I don't know. Somebody can help me with this. How evil can he be? Because his wings haven't turned black. I thought so about he hasn't become a myself. fallen angel yet, right? Well, and the, it leads me to go back to he has he talked to Zed this episode about the rules he has to follow as an angel, right? Which made me wonder. I think he may actually still be following the rules. I'm not sure that the heavenly hosts plan is as squeaky clean as we are perhaps led to believe. Well, or or is as rigid as we're led to believe. Right. If he's following the rules, but the rules don't say anything like you can't knock a pair of handcuffs off a guy. Right. You know. Or you can't, you know, be in league with this incredibly diabolical, sinister cabal. Right. He's not actually doing anything. He's just talking to people and saying, you know, similar to the conversation he had with Zed, maybe he's just dropping hints where they need to be dropped. Right. You know, or he's got some underlings that aren't that work for him. And that way it's not against the rules because he's not doing anything bad himself. Right. That's my guess is that there's a much larger chessboard here Mm -hmm. that John is but one piece of. And Manny is, in fact, manipulating lots of people. Yes. The other thing. Well, one of the things that I certainly want to talk about. 
Okay. Because I was super excited about it. The Return of Gaz. I loved that. Jumped up and down and clicked my heels. I did too. And I thought, Scooby gang, that Gary Lester can come back whenever he wants to. When we watched the episodes, Tony and I text each other back and forth. <laughs> and one of the first things Tony thought was, now Gaz can be on the Scooby gang. Absolutely. That would be so great. Right? Because John Joe O'Neill is so wonderful as Gary. Love even him. just hearing him if we don't see him anymore. Right. But I loved that little moment a couple episodes ago where he was in the mirror. Right. You know, the well, character the, the, is great. He did. He's like, hey, John. He's like, he's, he's almost an upbeat ghost. Right. Hi, Zed. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. I'm, I'm in a dead body. Hell? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and it did. I immediately, as soon as Tony said Scooby Gang, I was like, oh, my God. John could hang out with, like, Anne-Marie and, and uh, Richie. Yeah. And then, you know, every once in a while, Ghost of Gas shows up as well. <laughs> They're getting the band back together. That would be fun. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. So that was another one of my very favorite things about the episode. Oh, totally. Um, wh- here's a thing that I did not like, and I'm going to rip on it again. <laughs> and I apologize to everyone. I don't. And Helica Salea bugged me this episode. I know. Now, I will say this. As much fun as it was to have a story ripped from the comics, and I liked that part of it, I was not a fan of the execution of the Zed slash Corrigan storyline. It just kind of fell flat. Well, I think you're right. There doesn't seem to be a particular amount of chemistry between the two performers. No. But also, Zed's character was, in this episode, just sort of sad and milling about and wishy and, you know, like... The whole I I've I've seen him glow green and be dead. I don't know what to do now. You know, I, there was so much time given to that. I I was like, oh come on, I don't care. My favorite Zed is proactive Zed. I do not love it when Zed sits on her hands and wonders. Well, and I've said it before. Angela Salea is not the strongest actor in this ensemble. And Fair. this week highlighted that weakness i agree i i I really felt that because um the whole well i don't know what to do so i'm gonna look with the big eyes and the sad face in every scene was just uh can we cut to somebody cutting something you know somebody shooting somebody let's let's go to a dead zombie somewhere you know (laughs) i was so i was a little uh uh, pessimistic partway through the episode because it just went oh cut it out no and i mean i think it's indicative of part of the problem of this episode for me was which story are we supposed to care about what is the a story i think it's the man but i'm not positive because nothing Nothing is given any real due importance. Like everything is is getting a fraction of the attention it needs. Yeah, yeah. We, we haven't even talked about the whole John's got a contract on him and Papa Midnight comes a gunning. Yeah. Because honestly, I forget that it happened because it wasn't particularly important to the episode. Right. It was fun seeing Papa Midnight again. Sure, and his magic gun that doesn't miss. Hooray. But right. and but there was a lot of time given to uh, Papa Midnight and the guy who needed to be punished because he'd done something, he'd killed his wife and then he became a zombie for Papa Midnight and his mouth was sewn together and it kinda to me he was felt chasing like, after John. I was right? like, what is, why is this happening? It kind of to me felt like the writers going, oh shoot, we're in New Orleans, better bring in Papa Midnight. It's like, yeah, but he doesn't actually move the story forward. Well, right. And and I had the same feeling with Jim Corrigan. And yep. now, granted, it's nice to see more of the specter. Of course. The, the idea of the specter. You know, we know that that's happening at some point. Is it wrong that I was disappointed that Corrigan didn't die in this episode? No. And I think we have feedback that says that from somebody, too. The same thing. It doesn't make me a bad person. No, because, you know, you sort of know it's going to happen. And yeah, so now um, that, yeah, I, I don't think that was, makes you a bad person. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like all I'm doing is complaining about this episode. I'm sorry. No, we, we, it, it was, there was a lot of buildup. It's the final episode of the season, possibly series. There, now there were a couple of cool moments. Absolutely. You know, some of the spooky stuff was genuinely spooky. Oh, I do love the wedding ring. It is not the ring you think it is. Right. Ooh, which yeah. again, right out of the book. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. And I also liked the Constantine at the end moment. Yeah. With he and Manny, it was an interesting discussion between the two of them out in the rain there. And, you know, I loved, again, one of my favorite parts of the show is seeing John do the magic. And I loved, I loved the divination spell 
where he ate the hair and gave himself the oh electric my God. shock. Hilarious. So great and fun. And I'm that's, just going to stick my finger in this lamp, lamp here. Right. He asked <laughs> Corrigan if he has a taser. Yeah. I'm like, nope, nope. No, I did. I loved that spell. I, I oh, loved gross. That. I'm going to pull all the hair out of this oh, hairbrush. Oh. I'm going to stick it in my mouth. And then when he pulls it, I, and then this was a moment I loved. <laughs> I he pulls the hair out of his mouth and it's smoking. And the reaction to, they all have the reaction to the smell because if you've ever smelled yes. burning hair before, it's terrible. <laughs> it is a terrible smell. What do you need for this spell? Oh, some hair, a few magic words, cardiac arrest. <laughs> What? So good. And again, that idea that magic costs. And right. and his determination to find the girl. Right. And it's just, it's a matter of time. They are running out of time. He Zed is not getting a vision. Right. So he's just, all right, fine. Then I'm just going to cast the spell and it's going to absolutely suck and I'm going to hate it. But yeah. just roll with me on this. And let me say, uh, even though we loved that stuff, right after that or just before well where was it no it was after that when <laughs> he looks at her and just says listen enough of you not having visions you need to have a vision now and she goes okay i'm gonna have a vision now and has a vision right like come on uh, I was just not good i agree i, I just was like agree. what why wh i'm sorry well let's go back over basic plot where were the rising <laughs> stakes where was her where was her obstacle what was the tactic to defeat the obstacle and wh <laughs> what was the sudden change that let zed go from okay i'm not gonna have a vision to okay now i can there was very unclear and very sloppy and i did not like it and I was bugged. I'm going off on a tangent now, Joe. <laughs> and I was bugged because Zed has this quickie little vision and a guy is writing something down and we see him writing it down. Yep. And then she comes back and says, okay, wait, I need pens. And then she starts writing things backwards. Why is she writing things backwards? Was the guy, the guy wasn't writing anything backwards. What was suddenly the magic moment of, I need a mirror. Oh, here, look, I can write backwards. I just went, why is this happening? Uh, the, the reveal is actually Zed is the another word for the letter Z. I think Zed is actually Zatanna. That's why it was all backwards. You are 100% fired from the podcast. That's it. I'm doing this alone. You guys can't see. I actually have little zombie finger puppets here. I'm holding one up now. Here, listen. That's him. He's my new co-host. <laughs> Joe, you're out. <laughs> you know you'd love to see Zatanna on this show. I totally would. If it turns out that it's Zed, I'm quitting. <laughs> Mid-episode and, and I'm done. You and me both, sir. You and me both. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, again, I don't mean to, I, I, it's so funny because here's my, my prow. I just was not a giant fan of this episode. Um, my, my ranking is probably like seven or 7.5 chewed up hairballs. And, and, uh, <laughs> but only because there were some things about it that I really liked, but I loved the last couple of episodes so much. Me too. And I have to also let go of the fact that not everything can be a home run. Right. You know, uh, as many plays as I have directed, as many performances as I've been involved in and productions, you know that sometimes you do your best and then at the end you go, yeah, okay. That didn't quite hit everything I wanted it to hit. All right. And I have to embrace that with this right now because this episode felt like a weak third strike swing. I agree. And believe at me. At the end of an important at bat. If you, if you, and hopefully you'll all get a chance to spend time with Tony and I at one point because we're awesome. Tony and I are not Lord. angry nerds. That is not the type of people we are <laughs> at all. We don't flame things. Joe's an angry drunk. I am an angry and, and grabby drunk. Uh, you know. Just got weird. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Wait, that's not true. I've never been drunk in my life. What? Honestly, that is truth. I have never been drunk in my life. That's true. But <laughs> we, you know, Tony and I are not the kind of dudes who look for things to hate. No, no, I, I, I'm more often than not forgiving of stuff. Indeed. And I was just, for me, this, this episode should have mattered more. Yeah, that's what it felt like. And I did feel there were a couple of moments mm -hmm. and I felt like the end was a great moment. Oh, so I just good. went, oh man, but I can't nothing wait else until we get season two. And the episode lived up to that ending. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was it for me. The, um, you know, we, we didn't get. 
other than the reveal, really anything to do with the rising darkness, our three quarters of the season long nemesis. Right. Right. So that clearly will continue into season two. Freaking better. And maybe, Joe, maybe the rising darkness is the series long. Maybe. Big bad with various incarnations of it. Maybe the rising darkness was inside you all along, Tony. Oh, I didn't even think of that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Maybe it was. But no, there were some things I wasn't a fan of the pouty Zed and the weird, I don't know what to tell him. The giant empty hole where Chaz should have been. Right. The the Corrigan, you know, the majority of him being there could have been any cop in general. Absolutely. Um, and uh, now I, some of the spooky stuff was cool. Uh-huh. That That's where I am on this episode. I don't know, Joe. Uh, I, what I want to talk about the mo right now, really, though, the most... The, the, as I was thinking about this all day today, because uh, watching it, um, I watched it last night, Saturday night, uh, and thinking about it all day, I, I was mostly thinking about the whole arc of the season yeah, and how excited I was for the idea that we would get season two. Yeah. Because even though this particular episode felt like a, a, a swing and a miss, the whole season has really turned into... A pretty great show. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's partly why I'm going after this episode, because there was potential there that I thought wasn't quite hit. Not because, you know, I mean, Matt Ryan was great. He's always Jim great. Corrigan, great. A little mumbly, but great. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is what they sound like in New Orleans, apparently. They all just kind of talk about it. And so some of the, the specifics of this episode, I, I've got... Quabbles, quibbles, squabbles, what? I've got bad things about, Very <laughs> clearly. But the, <laughs> the, the season as a whole, you know, took us to, I think, really fun places. Well, and I think it's a show you can walk away from and be like, wow, I have not seen a show like that on TV before. It's yeah. its own thing. And it did, in a lot of ways, give us a very cool adaptation slash interpretation of a very fun comic book. Absolutely. A very dark, cool comic book character. And in many places went darker than I thought the show was going to go. Sure. Yeah. And especially for the fact that it was wound up being on at eight o'clock at the end of the right run, you know. So for me, overall, even though I gave this season, this series, um, episode, thank you, mm-hmm. English language, this episode, uh, uh, probably a seven uh, burning hairballs, but the whole season, I would rank higher than that. Yeah, me too. I, uh, the first few episodes were sort of weak, um, but I would probably give the whole season uh, closer to an eight or eight and a quarter. Yeah, that I would probably fall there as well. Yeah. And I, I admit I had some doubts in the beginning. There were a few episodes in the beginning that I was like, oh, it's constant. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the sound of me snoring. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Boy, when it when it when the show took off, it took off. Well, and you can feel uh, even when there's a swing and a miss, because like I said, I've had those, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I now, geez, for 20 whatever years mm, have been doing theater professionally and I've had swings and misses. Mm-hmm. But despite that, you can feel the passion and the love and the drive from everyone involved. Absolutely. And I love that kind of storytelling. I, I love when people are invested in it on both ends of the story. And the audience can feel it, man. They feed off of that. Yep. Yeah, yep. I completely agree. You know, I think we would be remiss if we didn't do a little discussion on the feedback. I think the feedback was pretty uh, pretty great this we week. We got a lot of feedback this week. Yeah. It was awesome. And actually, some of them um, are a wee long. We're going to... Yes. So, so don't, it is not don't, that we don't love you guys. Right. Don't be offended if we if we trim some. Um, but we're going to. I'm going to go ahead and start, uh, oh, all right. if it's all right, Tony. I'm going to start with the Book of Knowledge. Book of Knowledge, very well, welcome aboard. Yeah. I don't believe you have uh, responded before. But Thanks for thank jumping you in. so much. You had some really cool things to say. Like what, Joe? Well, uh, <laughs> and he goes in saying, spoiler like conjecture ahead, absolutely, you know, I think if you're listening to the podcast, you've heard the story. Uh, he, he liked the episode a little bit more than he. He gave it a full set of five flaming fingers on the hand of glory. 
That's great. Right? That was pretty good. <laughs> like Joseph, very good. I was holding out for the evil Manny, though I believe you were wrong. Uh, you said you were wrong in the last podcast. You're right, I did. Uh, and have been since the first episode. There was something about Manny and the pilot that closely reminded me of, Con- of the Constantine movie where Gabrielle was the betrayer, and I couldn't help but feel that Manny was bad. You know what? I had never thought of that book of knowledge, but that may have been also for me the root of where my suspicion came from because there's a the strong angelic force in the movie played by Tilda Swinton yeah. who ends up being the big bad right. the whole time. Right. I had never thought of that till you wrote that. You may be dead on as to where the, my suspicion first took root. Interesting. Okay. Good thinking. Uh, there is potential wiggle room wherein Manny might not be as bad as allowed. Questions that as of yet an- unanswered. Could Manny be lying to Papa Midnight? Absolutely. Possibly. Uh, could it be that was another fallen angel appearing as Manny? Absolutely. Possibly. Yeah. See? Right. See? You were- I'm with you, book. She? Yeah. She? Where's your God now, Moses? Yeah. <laughs> Not sure why we need a little Edward Robinson there, but all right. Oh, everything's better. (laughs) (laughs) To give the directive he gave Papa Midnight, he obviously wants Constantine alive, but why? Theoretically, he's using John, but to accomplish what and to what end? That is the big question for me as well, because I think you're right. Absolutely. I, I absolutely think that this is all about the pieces that he's manipulating for a very specific outcome. I am just dying to know what that outcome is. And I will say that one of the things that I'm excited about, about, you know, the things that we got uncovered in this episode and the way that it happened with Manny uh, and like the questions about his weird conversation with Zed and why was that odd? The idea that those will come to play later yeah. and we'll be able to look back and go, oh, that's oh, what this Zed conversation was yeah. about. Because, you know, Joe, you and I are doing another podcast. We're doing the Flash podcast. And there's a lot of the oh. who is doing what? Why is he doing this? Oh, we're not going to know for another two months. Oh, I can't wait to find out. There's a big delicious mystery in that show. And I love that Constantine has now done more of that. Me too. Oh you know? man, let's see this Because play there out. wasn't a lot of that in the early part of the season. It was, let's see what happens. Right. It was, what are we doing next? Not an ongoing sort of mystery question who that you're trying to solve. And I love that because one of my favorite things about these shows is that we get the things we have to discuss. Right. You know, afterwards, all of us call each other or text each other and go, no way. What is this going to be for? Blah, 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 blah. You know, and I love that we're at that point with this show. Getting a season two for that would be cool. I just, just saying. Keep going. I totally interrupted the book. No, that was what he had to say. Until we speak again, brothers and sisters, save Constantine. Save Constantine. Book of Knowledge, you made some damn good points. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Uh, we also got some feedback from the one, the only, the Bayou Shaman. Thanks for uh, coming back, Shaman. A couple of things. Let me first say this. He says, I called it. We held strong, Joe. <laughs> and in the end, we nailed it. So, yes, the two of you stand firm in your hatred of all things Manny. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Bayou Shaman. Thank you very much. He says, this great story was jerked right from the books and has always been one of my favorites. Once again, I wish we had Gemma in this, as the familial connection made the story all the scarier in the comics. Good yes. call. Yeah, I, I do too, and and I understand why they haven't introduced her in the in the series yet, because there's only so much you can do in 44 minutes a week with all of the stuff they're trying to do, but it would certainly be great to see that happen later. Hopefully we will. It was good to get the Spectre Visions again and having Zed and Jim deal with his impending death. Death comes for us all, right? Right. And yes, (laughs) I I spoke about that. I think it was interesting. I'm not sure how much it furthered either of the stories, though. Yeah. Um, Because ultimately at the end of that, for me, we we don't – I'm not reading anymore. I'm just talking. (laughs) We don't – the Jim Corgan story didn't move forward any from this episode. It is exactly we still know he's going to die at some point, and yep. he glows green when Zed touches him. I mean, well, let me be fair. He also kissed her. So, okay. Did you just make a grunty it's romantic a sound? Big, bearded, mumbly <laughs> New Orleans kiss. <laughs> but. That's how they do it on the bayou. That. <laughs> That did not uh, equal an entire episode build up for me. So that's me interrupting. Sorry. Bayou Shaman also says, Papa Midnight was deliciously ruthless in this one. Oh, Manny, thanks for coming just when Zed needs you. And how admirable. And was he tempting Zed? 
Question mark, question mark. It sure felt like it. Interesting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's one of the things that I want to see what happens. Me too. Uh, Bayou Shaman says he really liked the spells in this one. And also points out, thank you, because I missed this completely, Delano Street was a nice Easter egg to the Hellblazer writer, right. Jamie Delano, and we should have gotten that. Kicking I'm myself on missing that one. Well, well spotted. Uh, Bayou Shaman gives this one nine out of ten blood moons. What a way to go out strong. So excellent. See, that's good that it, you and I had different feelings than than Bayou Shaman did, but a lot of people liked the episode. Absolutely. Up 6% in viewership. Right. And that, uh, now I've spoken to this before. That has to do with the the episode before. Oh, you're right. Quite you. Know? you. But still, that being said, um, a lot of people saw it and a lot of people liked it because a lot of the feedback we got was more positive Absolutely. than I felt about it. And what do I know? So that's great. He says, this episode gives me so much hope for where the second season could go and the general feel of it. They really hit their stride. And had we hit, uh, had we gotten a full 22 episode season, I think everyone would have been blown away. I know I'm just touching on bits here, and there were a lot of really good parts I'm not mentioning. My quote of the week from John, <laughs> be an angel and come hold it for me. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was a good one. Very funny and very John. Uh, and then he wants to know about Manny. So, Manny, what's his game plan? Manny looked a little scared there after John spoke and showed his determination. Or was that just me? Also, I wonder if Manny is doing all this to temper John like one does steel in a forge. And maybe Manny isn't totally bad. I mean, his wings are still white, so he isn't a fallen angel, right? right? See, thank you. I'm not, I'm just not sure. What do you guys think? We've talked about what we think, but yeah, maybe he is. Maybe it's all about tempering John rather than Foiling, spoiling, fa- getting in his way. English language <laughs> failing me completely today. You know what? Just go back to the Jim Corrigan New Orleans whenever you get lost. Back to the bayous for me until we find out the future of our show, Bayou Shaman. Thanks, you. Thanks, Shaman, for uh, joining us. We appreciate it. That was some good feedback, buddy. And thank you for the feedback throughout the whole season. Absolutely. You, you have been a constant just like the guys on Lost. All right, read what's next. All right, next <laughs> for a differenting, uh, differenting. Dear See, God, it's not just it me. Is something is there, is there like a, a maybe a, there's a carbon leak down here in the basement, right where we both went. <laughs> uh, this this feedback, uh, slightly differing opinion, coming from Juhi Lindley. Hi, Tony and Joe. I can't believe all 13 episodes of Constantine have come and gone already. Hopefully the show gets renewed and we'll get to enjoy the continuation, though I'm not holding my breath at this point. Well, obviously don't hold your breath. My gosh, you need to breathe. Oxygen is what makes it happen. I obviously have to read what comes next. Joe, turns out you were right all along. Let the gloating commence. Oh, the gloating will continue for quite some time. Jeez. I promise you that. But thank you for the permission, Juhi. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> I'm really regretting giving you a microphone. <laughs> I guess the writers and showrunners thought that this was somehow a surprising and awesome twist to have a seemingly good guy angel turn out to be the big bad at the end. This is such a cliche thing for me that I wanted Manny to be a good guy since episode one. It's nothing special. Why uh, We've seen it over and over again. So why not be a little more original and keep Manny more interesting by keeping him on the side of good? You know what, Juhi? I don't disagree with you at interesting. all. Part of the reason I did suspect Manny from the beginning was because I have seen this particular trope before. There you go. Wow. I had a feeling Manny would turn out to be bad news bears from the kitchen scene between Manny and Zed. He was creepy in that scene to me for some reason. No, you're you're picking up on the exact same stuff we were picking oh, yeah. up on. Overall, I didn't enjoy this episode all that much, even without considering the big reveal at the end. It felt disjointed. I was trying to figure out half the times in which creepy house things were taking place and found it super confusing. I Total, total agreement. Oh, interesting. That didn't occur to me. But yeah, okay, I could see that. Or did anyone really buy that John that it was John that Papa Midnight shot? Not a chance. Having seen that dead guard earlier, I saw it coming a mile ahead. Oh, and one more thing. They didn't even bother to explain where the hell Jazz was this week. Seriously, <laughs> if they did, I sure missed it. Complete agreement on all points. I enjoyed the fact that he cast the glamour spell on the dead cop. But yeah, the minute the gun went off, I was like, yeah, really positive that that was not actually John. Yeah, we all know. I mean... 
There were there are things I liked in this episode. The man was super creepy and gross, and Papa Midnight was badass and awesome as always. I love how flashy his costumes are too, right? His costumes are great. And yeah, I love the actor playing Papa Midnight. I think he's great. If anything, part of the reason I was a little grumpy in this episode is I felt they did a disservice to how awesome that character was. I feel like if I go to Comic-Con next year, I should cosplay as Papa Midnight because there's nothing that would be more fun for a little 5'3", chubby white dude to cosplay as Papa Midnight. And not even remotely offensive. That's not offensive. (laughs) I'm a good looking man, Joe. I'm not I'm not (laughs) arguing that point. He actually is quite fetching, folks. Thanks. I love that he isn't a complete bad guy and has his own morality. Matt Ryan as John was flawless as usual, and I loved that Gary shows up to warn him. A complete agreement on all levels on that as well. And again, it's very close to the comic books. Papa Midnight is as much an ally to John as he is an enemy in the comics. There, Theirs is a complicated relationship, but Papa Midnight has certainly come to the rescue plenty of times for John. Before I wrap up, here's my theory about Manny. And that's a good one, folks. He freed Papa Midnight and pretended to be bad to get the bounty off John's head. We've seen that Midnight can be a useful ally to John, as as we've seen in the past. It also doesn't hurt to have someone who has hell on speed dial via his sister. It's probably not likely, but otherwise Harold Perrineau is getting wasted in, on a one-dimensional character. And I have to read her little P.S. at the end because you, you just you melted my heart, Chewie. Uh-oh. P.S. This hopefully isn't the podcast finale, even if the show doesn't get get renewed, right? I love you guys. Well, thank you, Juhi. It is, we we love that you love us. Yes, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. And that goes for everybody. You guys are the best. I'm going to read some feedback that we got from Stoic John. Stoic John. Stoic John, thanks for uh, sending some feedback in. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And... Stoic John says, since this might be my last chance to email you guys, I wanted to thank you for the podcast. I've enjoyed the ride this season, and you helped make Constantine a show I made an appointment to watch live instead of settling for streaming. Aw, thanks, man. I tried to read the new 52 Constantine, but could never adjust to a young Constantine, and once he was battling villains in generic supervillain spandex, I knew it would never be Hellblazer. Yes, not wrong. But somehow this show is different, and when someone can capture the essence of a comic hero on screen, it almost heals it almost heals the pieces of my soul destroyed by the Fantastic Four movies and Gotham. <laughs> oh. Stoke those John, fantastic, I'm, fantastic Four movies were terrible. I'm, I'm really sorry about those pieces of your soul. So bad. I hope that things are getting better. If Blathoxy can broker a deal to get Constantine onto sci-fi, will you two continue the podcast? You'll have to get moved to the bottom of my podcast app, but I'll refrain from deleting you in hopes of an occasional news update about Season 2 or Justice League Dark. Thanks again, Stoic John. Also, am I a bad person for being disappointed that Corrigan didn't die yet? <laughs> there you go. You're right there with Joe. Is. You're exactly with Joe. No, you're not a bad person. And thank you for the, for the uh, wonderful feedback. Great thoughts. And, uh, yeah, we, we don't know yet if there's a season two, um, Joe and I don't know if we'll be hosting a podcast for it or not, but we'll have to see what happens. So one way or another, you know, stay tuned. If you like the flash, give us a listen to on the flash. Yeah. And I do want to, we're going to wrap things up here, but I want to take a minute and say thanks to everybody. This has been a real treat and doing the podcast with Joe, getting to know you guys. Absolutely. The community that built up around the devil, you know, and, you know, having the discussions about the show and getting feedback in and hearing from people and sharing stuff with people on Facebook. It's been a wonderful experience, and I hope you continue to join uh, Golden Spiral Media for some of their other podcasts. Like we said, Joe and I are doing one for The Flash. Central City Underground. Central City Underground to join us. And when we find out what the deal is with potential season two, we will post things and keep everybody up to date. Uh, And as soon as we know more about the future of the television series and the future of this podcast we will let you guys know but please don't hold your breath that is just a i i would love to see you guys all yeah no that's on this side of the soil that's just dangerous yeah (laughs) so thanks so much for being with us everybody as always i want to remind you send feedback to goldensparrowmedia.com slash feedback 
uh, go to the website there and use the SpeakPipe widget, or you can fill out the, the mail-in-your-feedback box and let us know what you think. And also, please check out the Patreon links on goldenspiralmedia.com because there's some wonderful ways to support GSM and help the podcasts continue happening the way they're happening. And you get some uh, free special content for Patreon supporters. That's a lot of fun. And you know what? Please check out our Facebook website, the Devil You Know Constantine Podcast. We constantly throw information about the Constantine Show on the web or on the Facebook all the time. On the yep. Facebook, I sound like on, ninety. On the Facebook, on the Facebook, it's Facebook.com/slash/groups/slash The Devil You Know. And there's a great uh, fan community on there. So many right. wonderful people putting stuff up there. It's not just Joe and I. Stay in touch with us because I, I echo everything Tony has said. This has been an absolute joy to do and it has been so much fun getting to know you guys very much so i think that wraps it up here from uh constantine hq the last time for this season we're gonna hang out but hopefully we'll do it again work whatever magic you can folks and get us season two thanks everybody take care we'll talk to you soon bye-bye For the month of February, we're talking to some of our listeners who are also some of our Patreon supporters, and we're getting to know them a little bit and finding out their stories of how they came to love Golden Spiral Media and love us so much that they're willing to help support us in a financial way. So here is the story of Barb and how she discovered Golden Spiral Media. When Lost ended many years ago... I said to a friend of mine, I really need to have another show to watch because I'm going to go nuts. And she said, well, so there's a little show called Fringe. I went out and I bought the DVDs and I began catching up. So I Googled Fringe Podcast and guess what popped up? That was Golden Spiral Media, the Fringe Podcast. And I started listening to Daryl and to Clint and I was hooked. And after that, uh, as they say, the rest is history. Then I just started listening to just about everything that you had. Although now, with all your offerings, I cannot keep up. <laughs> <laughs>